Welcome to the Service Department News Podcast, where we discuss all the latest news and developments from across the service department, apart hotel and extended stay sectors. So today I'm speaking with George Westwell of the Cheval Collection. George, you're retiring next month after nearly 50 years in hospitality. Uh, before we go into more specific industry questions, can you give us a, a brief timeline of your career? Yeah, I, I suppose I, I first entered the, uh, the hospitality industry when my father retired and decided to take a pubcom restaurant. So I spent some of my late teen years working there. But in terms of um, uh, my first job, it was when I was studying for my A-levels and I was trying to earn money for holidays. I started being an extra waiter in one of the local hotels and uh, made regular appearances there. And then eventually I was offered a job as a, a trainee sort of assistant, general assistant, uh, which he virtually did everything. And it was something that I really liked. So I, I took that as my first job. Uh, and I was there for about a year. And after that, I was quite keen to join a, a larger and bigger company. And I saw an advert in the caterer for an ambitious young man. And I thought, well, I fit all three categories at that point in time. So I applied for a job, which was to be an assistant manager in a new hotel that was opening. And it was with Crest Hotels. And um, I didn't get that job, unfortunately. But I was offered another job, which was with Crest Hotels in Woodhall Spa. So that was really the start of my career with Crest Hotels. And I then spent 17 years with them. And during that period of time, I transferred over to Preston. I was lucky enough in 75 to open the Preston Crest as a deputy manager. And then whilst I was there, I, I developed, uh, developed a new product, um, which was really taking food into hotel bars. And we developed two units, an ambient one um, and a heated one, where we started delivering food. And it was a, it was a roaring success. So from that point in time, I was uh, invited to go to the head office of Crest Hotels as an area catering manager. Um, it was supposed to be for a year, secondment, but it developed and it grew as these things often do. So I spent three years there and then I was keen to get back into operations. So uh, I got back into operations in London, um, initially as, at Wembley as a deputy. My first GM's position was out at South Mims and I then got my first central um, London GM's ship at the Bloomsbury Crest Hotel in Russell Square. And then it was at that period of time that Bass PLC, who were the parents of Crest Hotels, bought Holiday Inns um, initially, uh, Commonwealth Hotels of Canada, and then subsequently all of Holiday Inns. And I was then the first GM to transfer from Crest into Holiday Inns um, at their property in Mayfair. And then, uh, I, so I spent 17 years with Crest. And after that, um, I then got approached by uh, Lonro, who were running the London Metropole which was uh, about to go through a major extension, the first extension. It was just over 500 rooms, and it was being extended to 747, so I always called it the Jumbo of the Hotel. Um, and I was there as the GM for 12 years with three ownerships. Um, we, we started off being owned by Lonro for just over seven years. Then uh, the company was taken over by Stackis, and subsequently Stackis merged with um, Hilton. And during that period of time, we grew the hotel to uh, 1,068 bedrooms. I think we had banking for 3,000 and, and we'd completed two sort of major extensions. So I spent those first, um, you know, 30 odd years uh, in, in the hotel sector. And did you go straight to Cheval from, from the Metropole? Uh, no, no, uh, by this time Hilton had taken over. So I'd been there for 12 years and I took on a, Hilton had a lot of these um, training courses and planning and uh, being put in front of psychologists to depend where you're going, et cetera. So I was put in a pot for a VP and um, I then had to do some uh, cluster role 
So I did an area general manager's job for Hilton, looking after a number of hotels down the uh, M4 corridor. And it was from there that I then went into the service department sector. Okay. And when you joined Chevelle, service departments were relatively little known outside the corporate travel and, and relocation sector. So how would you sum up the industry's progress during your time at Chevelle? Oh, significant in, in so many ways. Um, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, when I, when I first heard of service departments, my, my vision of what a service department was was totally different to what I actually saw when I went along to have a look at Chevelle. But I, I, I think it's there's so many where I think, you know, the, the awareness, first of all, to the, the traveling public uh, has grown massively. The number of service departments that are available has grown. Um, you know, this, it, it, we've, just, we've just grown exponentially and it's really now become a force to be reckoned with. I mean, even the hotel sectors now are looking very carefully at what we're doing and trying to develop into our area. So I think in those 17 years I've been, we have seen massive growth in, in, in every form, shape and manner. And how, would investment. how would you summarize Chevelle's development during that same period? Well, when I started 17 years ago, we had 287 apartments. Uh, we've now got uh, nearer to 650. So we have grown significantly physically. Now, that includes um, two new properties, one that we bought, Cheval Harrington Court, and converted or upgraded, uh, and then the new build, Cheval Three Keys. So, and then in addition to that, we've obviously taken on um, the three management contracts in Edinburgh and also recently the, the additional one in here in London, uh, Cheval Lakes and Gardens. So there's, there's been massive growth there. But I think a key also to what has changed is that when I first joined, the vast majority of the apartments that we had for were, were for long stays. So that was 90 days minimum. And when you've got 100 apartments, uh, such as at Gloucester Park, we then did, the, the levels of occupancy we were getting was probably 65, 70%, which were good, but we really wanted the opportunity to grow the occupancy and to therefore, and also grow the rate with shorter term stays. And that was a long procedure. It took us probably about seven years to get the planning consent to actually change the use of the building from the C3 residential to the C1 short-term stay. So, so that's where, you know, I've, I've, I've seen uh, a, a lot of change, but, but also, you know, we, we've seen changes with, um, when I first started, nobody ever talked to each other. And I, I, I remember going out to meet my peers in other service department um, companies. And we met initially on a one-to-one -one basis. And then I actually thought, you know what, these are a, a good group of people and we've all sort of like-minded. And we started to come together as a group, we started to share information, we started to share knowledge, uh, and, and, you know, and, and that still happens this very day. So I, I think um, we've seen change physically, we've seen change in awareness, um, and the, the change in Cheval. We've also, because of those changes that we made in terms of the number of units we're operating, and the change in stay, we've had to develop our infrastructure. So again, in, in my day, when I first joined, I think I had an accounts department of five. Um, we didn't have any HR. We didn't have any sales and marketing. We didn't have rooms and reservations. We didn't have any IT. Um, and all of that now we have built in to our infrastructure. So we've become uh, much more professional in, in, in the ways that we operate our business. We've embraced technology. You know, we've created, we put booking engines in, we interface with all of the um, OTAs, et cetera, the same as you would do in a hotel environment. Um, and so, you know, we, we have really taken it from being a, almost a sleeping giant as it was it was there and you waited for customers to come in 
to really a very aggressive, nimble, big engine that can respond and react to whatever's going on. Obviously, the last year has been an extremely tough one for the sector in general. How do you think that the sector's coped in general with the pandemic? Brilliantly. I really do. I mean, there's been a few casualties, and that's that's unfortunately, um, unfortunate, I should say. But, but I just think that as a sector, um, many of us have been able to remain open. Um, in some cases, we've repurposed buildings. You know, so we may have moved from uh, C1 stays to uh, longer AST type of accommodation. Uh, we've been helping um, many of the uh, essential workers by accommodating them. So I think as an industry, we, we've really responded well um, and we're in a much better place because, of course, you know, as we all know, we've got a lot of space. Uh, we don't have a lot of public areas that, say, other alternative accommodations uh, providers would have. And so I, I think that we have really coped very well with the pandemic. How do you see the service department sector evolving over the next five years or so? With gusto, I hope. Um, you know, I, I think at long last, and it is at long last, I think investors have started to realise that if they've got money to invest, they're going to get a better return and a probably a more robust return from putting it into service departments. Um, that is not to say there won't be investment hotels. Of course there will be. There's always a need for them. But, but it, it's kind of just woken up this awareness. It's opened the door. And, you know, I've heard bankers say five years ago, if you came and talked to me about service departments, I wouldn't have even given you the time of an interview. Now, they're knocking on our door saying, you know, can we talk to you? So I think we're going to see a significant amount of investment, both in major cities and, and in cities, uh, you know, throughout the UK and Europe. And with that will become greater awareness. And with that greater awareness will become greater business. So I see a very, um, uh, I'm very optimistic about the sector going forward. And finally, George, what will you be doing with your days from March onwards? Uh, that's my wife. No, um, that's a very good question. I, I, I don't really know because all I've ever known, well, I do actually, but all I've ever known in my life is work. I've been working for 50 years now and, you know, they, they're often very long days. Um, so I, there's things like photography. I'm a very keen photographer um, and I've decided that I'm really going to... Um, improve my knowledge. I think it's a bit like, um, I always think like spreadsheet. Most of us only know 5% of how a spreadsheet works. I probably know that with photography. So I've got a long way to go to improve my skill set there. And of course, it's not just the take of the pictures, but I also enjoy the post processing through things like Lightroom. Uh, I'm going to be doing walking, um, but I'm going to be keeping in contact with, with a lot of my colleagues because, you know, I've, I've worked in a, a business of people all my life. Uh, I keep in contact with many of those colleagues from years gone by. And I think that, um, you know, seeing them, meeting up with them and keeping in contact will also occupy a lot of my time. And you never know. Great stuff. Thank you, George. Thanks for your time today. And uh, we wish you a very happy retirement. Thank you, George. Thanks for listening to the Service Department News podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with all the latest industry news, head over to servicedepartmentnews.com and sign up to our twice weekly newsletter.